Welcome to the Warbloggle.com podcast. This is Warbloggle. This is the 10th podcast in this longest running, most sparsely recorded podcast in the history of podcasts. I just said podcasts a lot. Uh, we are joined again by none other than Auburn Einstein from hashtag Auburn Twitter. How are you doing, Auburn Einstein? I've had a better couple of days than you have on Auburn Twitter. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Stupid people be stupid, right? Um, so, just to get into it, we got a, a few different things to talk about this week. Obviously, it's basketball season. Everybody's all pumped about basketball. We've got Kentucky coming to town this week. Um, and somehow, Auburn's the top 10 team. Kentucky is not. So, that's kind of weird. Um, I was explaining to my wife, you know, she's she follows Auburn. but I mean, she follows basketball. She watches all the games. And she's been really looking at the Kentucky game as it's as if it's a Kentucky game, like it you know normally is. And I'm, yeah, it's still a big game. Obviously, they're they're very talented, but I'm kind of having to to bring it down and be like, yeah, it's it's Kentucky, but it's not Kentucky. Uh, but before we get all into that, um, I wanted to go back since we did the last podcast last week. We had the official National Signing Day of college football, and over the past few years, they've gotten a little, they've gotten more boring and boring, more boring and boring and boring than the previous years. We don't have dogs, puppy dogs, pulled out of of bags or anything like that anymore. Um, Auburn's never really had that. They've had a few, few hat things. Um, Marcus Lattimore picking up an Auburn hat and then taking the South Carolina hat out. Um, who was it? Uh, Gabe Wright having the no Nick Fairley. No, it was Gabe Wright having the Nick Who um, hat and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this year, with the addition of the early signing day that was back in December, it really killed um, National Signing Day. Uh, there were some big names out there still left to go, but it, it was it's nothing like it used to be. ESPN tries to make it this still this huge thing, uh, but it just it wasn't. It's not what it what it has been before. And I'm fine with that. I'd rather us just get the people and, and that be it. Uh, obviously Auburn, I think Auburn got one guy picked, picked Auburn on national signing day that we weren't expecting. Um, and you know, to a lot of people that comes off as boring, that comes off as a failure. Like they don't see this five star so-and-so. And yes, it would have been good to have Justin Ross from just down the road in Phoenix city. Uh, but you know, Auburn's got, had plenty before they were they were a top 10 team a top 10 recruiting class after the um, early signing day they ended the day they ended the recruiting period whatever you want to call it at number 12 which is Gus Malzahn's lowest as a as a whole he did have there were some his first few years there were some he had I think a 13 side uh, 13 ranked class by one uh, publication, but he was still top ten in the other ones. But this is his first non-top ten consensus class. That said, this is the third highest uh, class in the SEC, which is his highest in the SEC. He's behind Georgia. He's behind Alabama. He's behind, or no, and there is Auburn. Um, so overall, it's a tad low. But in terms of the SEC, you've got the top three teams, just like we had in this past football season. Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, they played in a round robin. 
Each one of them beat one the other time, except Auburn didn't beat Alabama didn't beat Auburn. Um, but you know, what are your thoughts on on just where this class is? Because you know, like I said, it's it nationally it's slightly lower than what we've been used to. But then you got to look at it. You got Miami and Penn State and teams like that ahead of us. And what po- what threat do they pose to us? I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it was really <clears throat> anticlimactic, which is really what Gus wanted right now. Um, you know, he he was going more luxury than um, trying to trying to pull the big names. Right. Uh, I mean, pulling. I believe it was Caleb Johnson that pulled on National Signing Day. Yeah. Which you know, six three D lineman. Can't have too many of those, right? Exactly. So, um, but it, it was more about filling needs, you know, and 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 providing depth um, in places that you know we were lacking a little bit last year. You know, people were saying that the defensive line, of course, you lost uh, Jeff Holland, and um, you know, building some depth there. Um, obviously have to build depth at running back and they did a really good job there and uh, have an even deeper wide receiver core now. So yeah, I was, I was really happy. Um, the biggest thing was just watching that uh, Florida commits mom walk off the stage. <laughs> I, I watched that video like 30 times. Oh, I did too. And I saw a video yeah, I, like the the local news station, they tweeted something about it or had it on Facebook or something, and they were saying, you know, the backstory and how she did eventually come back and hug him and all this kind of stuff. Um, without getting too far into that, I, I it was a it was a situation that I kind of figured was what was really happening in the background or behind the scenes of that. She knew there were people at Gainesville that that he would get in trouble with, basically, and she wanted him to go somewhere else, and she could have handled it a little bit better. But, you know, that that just, you know, he the kid, after the, the ceremony, he broke down. He was, like, bawling at the table. So you kind of feel sorry for him. But as a parent, yeah. you also kind of see where she might have been coming from. Uh, but that's just, yeah. that was probably the craziest thing that happened on signing day, and that's that would have been mild five or six years ago. Um, but you, you kind yeah, of touched you on. Think, sorry, go ahead. You think Byron Cowart, uh, his coach <laughs> stole his yeah. letter and, it just ran off, but um, yeah. <clears throat> it was nice. It was kind of like, you know, a bye week in the SEC. You know, it was yeah. not to say that I'm not excited about the people that came, but, you know, I, it was three, four years ago when uh, ESPN had their day-long coverage and there was an Auburn hat on, like, every single table and none of them picked. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but oh, yeah. it was it was nice to not have to sit through that. You know, it was <laughs> right. just we had the class intact. You know, we knew what we were going to get. Very excited about these guys coming in and, you know, just sit back and watch it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this is – when you're when you're 12 in the nation, I, I you can say maybe the top three, those are kind of in a class by themselves. But when when it's between four and 15 or so, I mean, is there that much difference? I mean, does it – and a lot of times teams get more points. Like, I can't remember who it was. Notre Dame maybe. They took 27 kids and we took 23 obviously they're going to get more points from that. I mean, maybe if those were two stars they were getting, but, you know, they've, they've got more. It's weird how the recruiting rankings work, and we know that they're they're not great. I mean, obviously, you just mentioned Byron Cowart. 
number one t- number one player in the nation, and you know he's had to transfer because he wasn't even getting playing time. So it's a it's and he got beat out by what was what was uh, Marlon Davidson? Was he another five star? Or? Yeah, he was. So I mean, but he was getting beat out by a freshman. I mean, as in his yeah. sophomore year. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you you mentioned a loaded wide receiver class, and you know the the wide receivers we have right now. And no disrespect to Ben Obamanu and Devin Romashadu and Alexander Wright and Frank Sanders and all of them. You got to feel like this this group we have right now, and we lost none. They are probably the deepest. We'll just say deepest and most talented. I, I don't want to say they're all better than Frank Sanders or something like that but the deepest and most talented that Auburn has had ever. Um, oh, top to bottom, no doubt. Yeah, no I mean, doubt, it's not even close. So who recruits them? <laughs> Cody Burns. Um, uh, that, oh, yeah. So uh, I know a lot of people, we, we loved Cody. I loved Cody. Still love Cody. Scoring the touchdown in the national championship game and all that, but people kind of give him flack because he's an Auburn guy. You know, there's that there's that group of Auburn fans that, that – like love Auburn, but don't want the football team to have anything to do with Auburn. I don't, I don't get it. Um, but I know you had some thoughts on, on Cody just as a recruiter and where he stood. Yeah, Cody, uh, it's, it's impressive to see what he's doing. You know, he's pulled some great, great names. Um, and he's developed them pretty well too. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, Matt Hill coming in four star out of Georgia, and um, one other guy, Anthony Schwartz, coming in. Yeah. Um, four star out of Florida. Um, you know, it, losing Kyle Davis last year wasn't fun, but you know they stepped up and um, with the receivers that are coming back and Stidham coming back, I think you know they're going to air it out more than ever, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and and don't forget in the. In the early signing period, we'd already gotten Seth Williams, who basically was right outside. He was from Bryant High School, right outside Tuscaloosa. Got went in there and took him, and then Shedrick Jack- Jackson, which I'm not sure how much recruiting that took to bring Bo Jackson's nephew here. But either way, I mean, <laughs> Cody has he has done a a, a great job. I mean, it, it it it's simple to pick on him because he's young and because he's all, an Auburn guy and because you know he's. People say he's a Gus is yes man, or you know anybody that has ever played for Gus has to be a yes man. They're never going to stand up to him. They're just going to do whatever he says. Well, he's obviously it's paying off right now. And also tonight on on Twitter, we're recording this Monday night. Um, Cody, he in a in a sign of weakness, he actually uh, challenged me to a game on Madden. So I mean, he does have one fault on him because I mean that's an easy loss for him. But um, anyway. <laughs> So, you know, I, there was some cool. Go ahead. Go on. There's some cool names. Like as far as names go, Auburn always has some really cool names coming in. Christian Tut, awesome name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best name in the class that was Smoke Monday. I don't yes. know what it is about that, but. And don't forget uh, Colby. Fuqua. As far as names go. Colby Fuqua is a good one. So. Um, all right. So, I mean, I. Again, this it's a it's a great class, but we've already we knew most of the guys we've already had, so the the signing day excitement is kind of worn off. But I mean, what we brought in was we do we got everybody we thought we would. We got one more. I'm fine with it. So let's move on. Just you know, 
it's basketball season. It it's right two years ago we would have been sitting here going signing day, signing day, signing day. This is great. I love football. Yay, yay, yay. Now we're just kind of like, I mean, a lot of people. I remember multiple people tweeted this on uh, on signing day saying, "Yeah, I'm kind of. Uh, I mean, I'll follow signing day a little bit, but I'm more worried about this basketball game." Um, and who was that? Was that when we played? Was that the Ole Miss game on the road? A and M. Ain't it? Was that all? Yeah, it was. So let's go ahead and talk about that then. Um, obviously, Auburn lost that game by one point. Um, I was there sitting near the baseline of where in that first half, their one guy uh, took about eight steps without dribbling and then made a three. And then later in the half, the, guy, the ball rolled completely down the guy's leg, went out of bounds, and they gave the ball to them. It was a very weirdly officiated game. Um, outside of the last minute, which included just weird weirdness, all kinds of weirdness. But, you know, just multiple missed traveling calls. Um, in the second half, they had seven fouls and we had none. And it's like they looked up at the scoreboard and realized that. And they immediately called two fouls in the same possession on Auburn. Um, it was just, it was a frustrating game. We didn't have Bryce Brown. Jared Harper didn't play most of the first half. Uh, or he didn't have Bryce Brown most of the game. And Jared Harper had two fouls in the first half and had to sit. Um, and obviously we know that Texas A&M got up to a 17-point lead. And then Auburn was able to fight back like they've done many, many times this season. Made it a close game, went back and forth, and you know had that one free throw at the end of the game, which at, I'm at the game watching. I see uh, Chuma take a, step up and take a charge. They review it, and they see that one piece of the rubber on his sole of his shoe is barely touching the, the the little arc there. So I guess it was the right call, but, you know, they don't explain that stuff at the games, which is a, a thing they should do at yeah. basketball. I mean, football games, they explain everything. But then at basketball games, they'll tell the coaches, they'll tell the TV guys, and they don't explain anything. So, um I don't know. It, it was a game that scared me because they had been hot. They're kind of back to the team that, that was ranked number five in the nation at the beginning of the season or late you know, into the season. Um, they had multiple big men. They had three guys bigger than our tallest guy. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, it was it was a pretty simple game plan for them. Get it to the big guys and, and obviously Bryce Brown being out hurt very much. But what do you think? Yeah, and – we had talked about this uh, before. It was, you know, they had that game plan of dump it over to the big guys, but uh, Auburn didn't do what they normally do in that situation and steal it from Gus Malzahn and go hurry up, no huddle. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the uh, the pace was a little slower, and I, last season I would have gotten worried, but I, I just haven't been worried when Auburn goes down this season because I know that they're going to fight back and come back and, than they did, and you hate to see it come down to the refs like that, but I, like you said, they made the right call, and um, Stoff threw up that three at the end, and I think that he's going to be thinking about that one for a while, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's it's weird. I was thinking about this on the way home today. Uh, it's weird how some universities will take you know, what they're known for and, and apply that across all sport sporting teams. Yeah. Texas A&M starts off hot every year, no matter what the sport, fall off, and then come back to try and ruin Auburn season at some point. <laughs> That's a good point. That that 
There, that has happened multiple, multiple times. I mean, they with Kevin Sumlin, they would always fall off in November, but then always play Auburn at least at Auburn very well. Um, yeah, I was I was at the 2014 game when they fumbled it twice in the last like five minutes. Yeah, and it was just oh, it, it still hurts to think about. Oh yeah, I mean that was that was a huge difference in Auburn's postseason right there. I mean, Auburn wins that game. I think we have one loss at that point. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that Cameron Artis Payne, he had the fumble at the bottom of the pile. They pulled it away from him. And yep. then Reese Dismukes snapping yep. when he shouldn't have. So, yeah, I, was, I, mean, I was sitting on that goal line watching it. <laughs> had had the perfect view of it. And yeah. I'm not bitter, though. <laughs> We've beaten them the last, what, two times now, though, so it's all right. But, I mean, if there was a team – that would give Auburn problems in basketball this year. It, it, it's Texas A&M at their full strength. I mean, John Rothstein and, and mul- multiple of those, those basketball experts that, that just do nothing but watch and, and study basketball, they still say that Texas A&M is, is the most talented team in the SEC. They could go the deepest in the tournament and all of that, and, and Auburn just happened to get them right in the middle of their resurgence, right in the middle of getting everybody back and being healthy and not suspended and all that stuff. But still, you got to look at it as that's a very, very, very good team that jumped 10 points in the RPI. They're back ranked again. And Auburn still only lost by one point without their best scorer on the floor. On the, yeah. on the floor. So that's yeah. a game that if Auburn wasn't a good team, if Auburn was fluky, if Auburn was feeding off a bad schedule, as everybody still kind of wants to say, that's a game they would have lost by 20, and they almost did. But, again, they showed what they've done all year to every team they've played, to every team they've gotten down to by 15 or 20. They've come back and won the game. So, while that game would have been great to win, A, it's okay because it does kind of take the pressure off of a streak. I mean, I knew when we went to the Alabama game, that was like a fever pitch of, we cannot lose this game. It's going to beat our streak. It's at Alabama. But I knew it was going to happen. I just knew we were going to lose to them and play the worst game we have all season. Um, and I just felt it at Texas A&M as well. They're, they're too good. They're too big. And it was just kind of a ripe game for Auburn to lose. Even still, they should and could have won. Um, which, again, shows how good they are. But moving on from that, we, we a few days later – Went to Georgia, and again, I was kind of scared of that one because they had they were up fourteen on us a month ago at halftime. We came back, beat them by twenty eight in the second half, and and won by fourteen. They're a team that has Maiden, and he's uh, he at one point was up for was like an SEC Player of the Year candidate. He he probably still is. He's obviously their best player by far. Uh, but they had a team that obviously could score points and keep Auburn from scoring points because they've done it. Didn't have Bryce Brown again. Um, I just kind of saw that. I mean, I hate road games in the SEC. I don't. It, it's worse than every football game, especially now that Auburn's got the target on their back. They, you know, every loss matters. Every win kind of matters at this point. I don't know if they're going to get much higher unless other teams start losing. But... Um, it's just it's a scary feeling for me to go on the road. Basketball is just that way. A team can go out and miss ten shots, and the game's over from that point on. It's 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 a tough. Basketball has the worst, or has the best home court advantage. So, Auburn went into that game never trailed. It was seven to seven. I remember it being tied at that. But 
they just kind of slowly took George out of it and eventually won by 17 as, as they probably should have. Um, did you have anything? I mean, it, it was, it's, it was a, it was a win that Auburn should have gotten and, and did get. I mean, I didn't, there wasn't anything magical other than it was another road win. Yeah. And I mean, it's nice to see, um, Jared Harper step up into that leadership role and, and, and just drain three after three after three. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just like you said, not much to say other than it's a game they they should have won. Nothing sweeter than sweeping Georgia, yes. and uh, you know, can't forget about that. <laughs> that's that's one thing. Jared Harper hitting those threes. That's one thing that was missing from Texas A&M game, and and that it wasn't just um, Bryce Brown being out. I mean, he didn't. The whole team. We didn't have those soul crushing threes where. You hit, you know, they get up or or they feel like they're coming back, and then we just hit two or three threes and and just shut them down. We didn't have that. That was that was part of the problem with Texas A&M as well. But it was good to see it come back in the Georgia game. And it's it's there's two or three different people that'll take over a game: Stoff, uh, Brown, or Harper. Mm-hmm. You know, those are those are the three guys. But you know, if one of them has a bad game, it's nice to know that one of them is going to be their solid self, and the other one's just going to go go off and and take over the game. Right, right. And you don't know, you don't know who it's going to be day to day. Yeah, so. exactly. Good, good luck preparing. <laughs> so this past Sunday, yesterday, as we're recording this, um, the NCAA selection committee uh, released their, their top 16 seeds, which is, you know, very much like the, the college football playoff thing where, where they released their rankings. Um, and I was expecting Auburn to be a two seed. I, that's that was my best case scenario, I guess. I kind of felt like they they might drop Auburn to a three seed because of the loss of Texas A and M. But then also Texas A and M had just beaten ten, uh, excuse me, Kentucky, led them by twenty two, and they kind of let them come back at the end. But Texas A and M beating Kentucky kind of helped Auburn's Auburn's case um, for the the seeding. And a lot of the the you know bracketology. Lenardi and all those guys, they had to drop Auburn to, to a three seed after the Texas A&M game. But I still kind of felt like they'd be a two. When the name came across that Auburn was the fifth overall seed, um, Baby Bloggle and I kind of cheered like Auburn had just beaten Alabama in football. I don't – it just – it surprised me. So I remember just being really excited, I guess. I don't know why. A uh, month before the season's over, and I see Auburn as the fifth seed, and that really surprises me. I mean, or really excites me, but it did. Um, it it it, rem- it gave me this feeling of watching Selection Sunday and seeing Auburn like as a one or two seed, which is a feeling we haven't had in a long time. So I don't know. It was it was just kind of gave me that hey, we're going to see this in a few weeks. Um, but yes, they had Auburn as the as the number one two seed. I guess you could say it that way. Um, yeah, it just kind of it kind of validated everything that this season has led up to. You know, I wasn't expecting to be fifth. I, I, I like you would have said, happy with the number two seed, but being fifth overall is you know pretty good. Um, and it it really speaks to how the committee really feels about this team. Right, and, and these are the guys. These are the guys that that study the game supposedly. Either way, these are the guys that make the decision on on. Selection Sunday, they're they are the guys that are going to put where, Auburn where they are. We went over this, and we'll go over rankings in just a second. We went over this last 
podcast. I know I go off about the rankings. I know it. I'm not worried about Auburn's ranking. I'm just worried about stupid people doing stupid things. And when you see the the tournament committee put Auburn as the fifth best team in the nation, and then other people rank Auburn as 19th in the nation, that's what I'm arguing about. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, but yes, to see Auburn up there, a step away from Villanova, a step away from from Virginia. Um, who's the other two up there? Uh, or the other Xavier two? and Purdue. Xavier and Purdue, which Purdue surprised me, staying a one seed, having lost both back to back, but that goes back to. Michigan State, uh, you know, kind of getting hosed. That's true. Uh, yeah. As the number three, uh, which, you know, and and you were making a comment earlier about uh, Michigan State going up to number two in the poll, and we'll get to this, but up to number two in the poll, but they're 15 overall, according to the committee. Yeah. So, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, I know the polls don't matter. I'm going to say that a thousand times, but it's just, it's weird. When you see what the the guys that are going to make the decision say, and then you still want to want to just in your never mind, I'll get to it in a second. <laughs> but you know, Auburn right now they have Auburn better than Kansas, better than Duke, better than Cincinnati, better than North Carolina, Arizona, Ohio State, all these blue blood basketball teams that you constantly see in the in the final four with all these banners hanging and honestly these committees the the playoff ranking the college football playoff ranking the ncaa basketball ranking and i'll even go back to the 97 baseball (laughs) committee they always the rankings don't give auburn a ton of love the the pollsters don't but these committees, these guys, they always seem to give Auburn a little more love than everybody else. If you remember the very first college football ranking ever, Auburn was ranked like number two or three, and they had just lost to Mississippi State. They kept Auburn in the top four with the loss that had just happened. Auburn was ranked with more losses than Florida last year in the college football ranking. They were ranked ahead of Florida, which is, you know, Auburn was better than Florida, but it was an easy way, for, you know, Schedule and all that kind of stuff. They could have easily put in Florida up there. Auburn always seems in football rankings to be higher than what I would, what I would expect. I have never been really mad at where the college football playoff ranking has put Auburn. I don't think any any time. Uh, I remember they had Auburn number two. They moved Auburn all the way to number two before we lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, so those that committee has, has been good to Auburn. This basketball's committee has been good to Auburn at this point. And I even remember back when Tim Hudson played, Auburn was nowhere near the top five in the rankings, but they had Auburn as the 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 overall number one seed in the College World Series. So when it comes down to good teams being good, Auburn teams being selected or or placed by these committees, Auburn seems to get a little love. I don't know why that is. It's just something I've always noticed. Um, it's something I've always said with the college football playoff, but now we're seeing it here. Uh, but, you know, we've still got a month to go. There's still, what, six SEC games. Auburn's going to have to win three games in the SEC tournament if they want to win the tournament. Um, so there's there's still a lot to do. They're going to have to play probably Texas A&M or Kentucky or Alabama in the SEC uh, tournament, and those are going to be tough games to play, away from home especially. 
Yeah, uh, I think going off what you said about love from the this these committee, um, I think they gave Auburn love in more than just one way from that fifth overall seed. Look at the other teams that they have. Now this is what they're projecting. You know, they wouldn't put this out if they didn't think that this is what they would do at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you said, there's a month left. This could all change. But you have Xavier against Oklahoma, Clemson against Auburn. I'm, Auburn could easily go in. If, unless this game's on ESPN and um, they're going to pump up Trey Young, <laughs> I think, you know, the consensus is Auburn's going to walk away in that one. Um, especially that that game would be in uh, Omaha. Right. So, you know, it, <laughs> Oklahoma's the closest one there, but Auburn has always traveled well in in, in any sport. And I think the excitement around the program this year, I think people are going to be buying those tickets. Well, I mean, Oklahoma, just no to talk about them real quick. I mean, Trey Young is great. He's he's Seth Curry, Steph Curry uh, in in college right now, just shooting. I mean, he's very much like Jared Harper in terms of his three-point shooting. It's like he wants to get as close to the half-court line as possible before throwing it up, and he can make it. But that's about all they have. I mean, you saw when they played Alabama, um, and Alabama's been very good at home, but – Alabama kind of took over at the end, took him out of the game, and I feel like Auburn can do that as well with the defense that they play, especially with the way Bryce Brown and Jared Harper play defense, even Davion Mitchell. Um, yeah, that is, that regional right there, Xavier, Auburn, Clemson, Oklahoma, those are four teams that have been in the top ten at, at, at any point in this season for m- multiple weeks, but none of those teams really scare me. I mean, they, they don't – I mean, oh, yeah. this is not what it's going to be probably – but if it was to be right now, I mean, none of those teams, it, it they they just don't. And I and I get scared. I get scared a lot of these basketball games. I, I mean, the way I feel about the way I'm a homer about football is not the same in basketball. Um, I I've seen too many losses to just completely homer out. Um, so any of those other ones, seeing a Villanova, seeing a Duke, seeing a Virginia, seeing a Kansas, North Carolina, regardless of what their records are right now, those would scare me. This regional does not. Um, so I'm happy. I'm happy being the fifth overall seed in the, in the ranking or whatever you want to call it that matters. To move on to the one that does not matter, oh, yeah. the, the AP poll that we have – we have yelled about on Twitter. We yelled about in the last podcast. Um, I'm trying to pull up real quick the poll tracker so we can see exactly who we want to yell at the most. As you know, Auburn lost Texas A&M, beat Georgia on the road. The committee thought that was fine. Put them at five. The AP poll thought it was not fine and had to drop Auburn two spots. I tweeted a few things today, earlier today. Virginia as you know, lost to Virginia Tech, who is somewhere in the 50s in the RPI. I know Virginia's good. I'm not trying to act like they're not a good basketball team. They're obviously one of the top three or four basketball teams in the nation. They're 23-2, and two, which is one game better than Auburn. Um, they have a higher strength schedule than Auburn. Fine. But they lost to Virginia Tech and moved up to number one. I could understand if you were already number one and lost a close game at home, which it was at home in overtime. I could understand that. I could understand maybe if the whole entire top ten lost and yours was the better loss or something like that, and, and, and maybe going up to number one. But losing 
and moving up to number one makes absolutely no sense to me. Maybe if it was moving up to number five or maybe moving up to number 22, but moving up to, hey, you, I know you just lost a game, but we, we're, you're the best team in the nation. That, the, that does not go, that goes completely against the unwritten poll rules that we talked about the last time as well, where you lose, you got to drop three, no matter what. They lost and went up. I'm not saying they're better than Auburn. They're one game better than Auburn. Their strength of schedule is better than Auburn. Their RPI is better than Auburn. They should probably be ranked ahead of Auburn. But Auburn loses to a better team by one point at home. Virginia loses in overtime at home. Very similar losses, but to a worse team. And moves up. Auburn drops two. Yeah. St. John's and Virginia Tech really put the pollsters in an awkward position. Mm-hmm. Who else is going to be ranked number one right now? That is that is a good point. Someone asked me I that thought it, I thought it was going to be Michigan State. I really did. I mean, they beat Ohio State and then came back and beat Purdue this week alone. Mm-hmm. Wait, they didn't beat Ohio State. They beat Purdue. Uh, they've, they've been pretty hot recently. Uh, you know, I figured they would easily move up, but Uh, I've never seen a team lose, especially to go up to number one. Right. But they lost, Virginia lost to 56 Virginia Tech and go ahead and move them up to number one. Uh, Auburn loses to 15 RPI A&M and you're going to drop them back from eight to 10. I I don't understand it. And you look at Villanova, you mentioned St. John's. St. John's did not have a single conference win, 0-11. Villanova lost to them at home. I know Villanova's very good. I know they're 23-2. They won the national championship recently. They were number one. They dropped two spots from losing to a winless conference team. They have one more win than Auburn, and basically they've equated losing to St. John's, a winless team, to losing to Texas A&M by one point. So, again, I'm not saying Villanova's not good. I would be scared to play them. But the randomness of rankings kills me. I know it doesn't matter. I'm just worried about why these stupid people think this stupid way. That's all I care about. Uh, Xavier, 23-3, and sure, they're fine. They moved up one. They didn't lose. Cincinnati, their strength of schedule is terrible. They have won one more game than Auburn. They're number five. Are they five get five spots better than Auburn? Are they are they really five spots better than Auburn? What is their strength of schedule? Do you have that? Uh, yeah, they're at uh, actually. Do you want to do that or do you want to do uh, yes. resume stuff? Do, yes, we can, we can go through. Yeah, do that. Go through everything. Sure. All right. Uh, this isn't in the order of the top ten, but I'm going to go through. Um, I have strength of schedule, RPI rank, and um, the RPI rank of the teams that. Each team is lost to. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got one team, strength schedule 28, RPI third. They've lost to number 31 and number 65 in the RPI. Um, we have number nine, strength schedule, number one RPI, lost to 35 in the RPI and 56 in the RPI. Uh, we have 57 strength of schedule, six in the RPI, lost to 39 in the RPI, 32 in the RPI, and 15 in the RPI. What we was have, that team's RPI? That team's RPI was six. Okay. 
We have 151st strength schedule, 41st in the RPI. Lost to 43, number three, number 34, and number 131. I'm going to tell you right now, that's Gonzaga, isn't it? It is. <laughs> uh, and they are, they are currently ranked ahead of Auburn. Right. Because they just, they just beat St. Mary's. And that makes you the ninth best team in the, in the, okay. in the country. Let's, let's look at this. Gonzaga was number 12 in the AP last week. St. Mary's was number 11. I don't know what the score was. I know they didn't blow them out, but Gonzaga beat Gonzaga twelve beat eleven. So wouldn't you say they're those teams are probably about right? They should be eleven or twelve. Maybe flip them. No, let's jump them three into the top ten with more losses than Auburn. An awful strength of schedule. Four losses to some bad teams. You said one was at a hundred something RPI. Hundred and thirty first. Yeah, and then their RPI is in the thirties or forties. So. I know we've seen the name Gonzaga, and they were weren't they in the Final Four last year or whatever? They were number one seed. I know we've seen that name, and, and that's fun and all, and, and yippee Gonzaga. But it's it's dumb. It, it makes absolutely no sense. You you're telling me beating St. Mary's, a bunch of white boys, a bunch of little white boys, is is this is that much better than losing to Texas A and M, who would beat St. Mary's by thirty? I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't, and I'm going to say that second so, team you said was probably Virginia. Which one was that? The uh, nine RPI? No, the number one or, RPI. Uh, nine strength of schedule. Number yeah, that one was. Um, check out these teams though. Sixty-four strength of schedule, eleven RPI, lost to twenty-six, twenty-one, and forty-seven. Do you know who that one is? Uh. Not, is it Texas Tech? It is Texas Tech, <laughs> and <laughs> maybe I look at this stuff too much. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're I saw even um, one of the guys on CBS said they are a sleeper for a number one seed. I mean, Why? I don't. Like... They in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, they played at South Carolina. South Carolina led that game with like two or three minutes, or maybe a minute left. I mean, they struggle with, right now, one of the lower teams in the SEC. They're, South Carolina's really struggling. Like, killed by Florida this past weekend. But Texas Tech has four losses, 21-4, and four, so they're a game worse than Auburn. Straight the schedule's terrible. They're, some of their losses are, are bad, according to the RPI. Their RPI is lower than Auburn's, but they're number seven. I'm guessing maybe their losses – this is probably the issue – these other teams' losses were maybe early in the season. I know Cincinnati's won a lot, or most of their games in the last 15 or 20. I think they had a really long streak at one point. So maybe that's it. Maybe they're, they're, they've are they're just slowly moved up, which is, is stupid. It's a stupid way of doing polls. Slowly move your way up, and, and that's why they're ahead of Auburn. Um, and I think as Auburn fans, we have this gripe. I mean, 2004, Auburn had to move up from 17. We're going back to football but had to move up from 17 and got up to number two for one week. But because of the preseason rankings, they were not in the national championship. 2010, they started low, had to move their way up, undefeated. They didn't get to number two until they beat Alabama. I mean, or actually they went up to number one after, no, they went up to one after they beat this, the one in the SEC championship. But this, this gradual, hey, you started low, so what I thought before the season was right, if this number one team doesn't lose or doesn't lose a lot, again, 
I know it doesn't matter. Do not tweet me saying polls don't matter. I tweeted it today. Polls don't matter. I know. I just want to know why stupid people do stupid things. But there is one team. I mean, they might have been one of the teams you said in the RPI or in the blind resume. Um, Ohio State. I remember when Auburn was like, I think it was right when they lost to Alabama. Auburn dropped two spots, like number 19 or something like that. And Ohio State jumped like nine spots. Do you remember that? Yeah. And yeah, passed Auburn. Like 22 to 13. Something like yeah. that. And then they and they beat up, Northwestern and yes. uh, Minnesota. Right. So they jumped nine spots from beating two bad teams. And then they lost and dropped down again. But now this week they jumped, what, six spots. Jump, yeah, jumped six spots over Auburn. Who did they beat this week? Um, they beat Purdue, which in a close game. Sure, Purdue was number three. Purdue has a low low strength schedule, lower RPI, lost both games this week. But yes, we've got to jump Ohio State twenty two and five. Two more losses than Auburn. Gotta jump them and in, back into that top ten. Just because they beat someone who was overranked, in my opinion. Right. They beat Purdue, and I'll go ahead and give you their resume. Purdue, strength schedule forty eight, RPI twelve, lost to thirteen RPI Tennessee. 17 RPI Ohio State, 14 RPI Michigan State, and then 58 Western Kentucky. I did not know that. Purdue <laughs> lost to Western Kentucky. And we're sitting uh, here going, number three, first, you know, one seat. Yeah. I mean, they those yeah. three of their four losses were to decent teams. But their strength of schedule, which every BAM known to man tweets me that Auburn has the worst strength of schedule, worst – how about play somebody, blah, blah, blah. Auburn's strength of schedule is better than Purdue's, better than Texas Tech's, better than Gonzaga's, better than Cincinnati's, better than Michigan Auburn's, State's. Auburn's strength of schedule is fifth amongst top ten teams. Right, so. exactly. So, yeah, I'm sorry UConn was terrible, and when we scheduled and they just won the national championship, you can't blame Auburn for that at this point. I know the the, the – Non-conference wasn't the wasn't the greatest, but once you get the SEC and now you're ten and two in the SEC, I think you can shut up about the strength schedule. Um, but yeah, I mean it's there. There are so many teams with not just lower RPI, but just lower RPI, lower strength schedule, worse record, worse losses. I mean, we're talking Auburn's Auburn's losses are to Temple, who. I don't know where they are, but they were hovering around the 40s or so. Um, Tim, Temple's at Temple's at 39 right now, okay. and they've they've been really strong recently. I think they've won like five in a row. Yeah. Um, but one thing that Auburn Auburn didn't have that marquee matchup like Alabama played at um, Arizona mm-hmm. played against some other teams like that, but Auburn played. Um, Middle Tennessee State, who's beaten an SEC team each of the last like three years and won a tournament game the last two years, they went to uh, Murray State and won. You know, who is always in the tournament? Yeah, and then Temple, uh, they lost to Temple, but Temple, um, you know, they're thirty nine in the RPI. You know, they have a good shot at making the tournament this year. You know, that's that's three tournament teams in the non conference. Mm You know, um, and everyone else that they played, it's not like you said with UConn. It's not their fault that 
UConn is terrible. Yeah. I mean, they they have three losses. None of them are bad by RPI standards. I mean, Alabama is in the is in the thirties or low twenties. Texas A and M is now in the tw- it's fifteen. Uh, I mean, the problem I think is that right now. I mean, would you say Tennessee is is easily Auburn's biggest win, RPI wise, record wise? I mean, they beat them by what ten or twelve on the road, and until. Tennessee just got obliterated by Alabama, which I, I did like to see. I like to see Tennessee get whooped because they were the greatest team in the world despite having three more losses than Auburn at the time, um, a lower RPI, a head-to-head loss to Auburn. They were, you know, hottest team in the world. They're going to be the number one seed, not Auburn, all that kind of stuff. I didn't want to see Alabama win that bad, but it was good to see Tennessee that lose, lose that bad. But going back to my point, Auburn – they're four and one against the top fifty. A lot of these other teams, Tennessee is four and five. Apparently, they're getting more credit for playing nine top fifty games, and Auburn's playing has only played five, even though Auburn and Tennessee have won the same amount. Um, that I guess that's the problem. Even in the SEC, Auburn hasn't lost a lot of games, but they haven't, other than Tennessee, haven't really beaten a, a great team RPI wise and they they haven't played a great team RPI I, I mean they lost Alabama and they were in the 40s they lost to Temple who was around there as well and they lost to Texas A&M who at the time was around the 30s so it's not like they they don't have a bad loss but they don't have an absolutely astounding top 10 win and they can't even get one this week because Kentucky wants to keep <laughs> losing and drop out of right. the top 25 right so I mean I it I've I've had this this internal question m- multiple times dealing with basketball basically is are you as good as your best win or as bad as your worst loss? I mean, I think over the t- over the course of time, if you've lost three games out of twenty five, you're probably a pretty good team. I mean, if yeah. You're... Go ahead. And we hear we hear that ranking are, is based on a body of work, you know, a season of work. But Auburn sitting at 57 strength of schedule, 6 RPI, and their losses to 230 teams and a 15 team is better than a 97 strength of schedule, 14 RPI, and a loss to uh, 37 and then an 8 and a 17. Yeah. Auburn season is better than that one, yet that resume that I just read off was Michigan State's in their rank number two. Right. It, the That was one of the biggest gripes to the, to the poll or to the uh, – seeding was that Michigan State was so low um, as a three seed, and then everybody else has them as, as a number two with a terrible strength of schedule. And that's what all, that's what everybody's using against Auburn is their strength of schedule. They have the same amount of losses and, on, and two more wins. They've just happened to play two more games in Auburn. And a terrible strength of schedule compared to Auburn's. And, and it's like it's Michigan State, though. It's, it's Tom Izzo. We were talking about this before. They're, he's getting Izzo love. They are getting Izzo Love, even though, I don't know, maybe that Izzo Love will be gone at the end of the season for other reasons. But I don't know. It, it is, it's blue blood magic, and Auburn doesn't have it. And it's if it was Tennessee in this – even Tennessee, and you can blame – not blame Burbs Pearl, but um, give him credit. If this was Tennessee, if Tennessee had the same resume, they'd be number three. They'd be number two. They'd be right up there because – it was. It happened long enough ago, 
that people forgot that Tennessee was just a normal basketball team. They were never a blue blood. They were never a Kentucky or Kansas or anybody like that. But a few years ago, they were in the Elite Eight, and now all these people have grown up. They were probably teenagers. They've grown up, and now they're like, oh, yeah, I remember Tennessee. They were great at basketball. So if if they had the same resume, the same record of everything as Auburn, they'd be up there top two or three. But because Auburn has not done anything since I was a junior in college 12 years ago, 13, no, it's not 12 years ago, 15 years ago, um, they're being hurt by that. And there there's just too much to it. And that is why I go, that's why I, people say I'm complaining. People say I'm worrying. I'm not complaining. I, I might be complaining a little bit. I'm not worried at all about Auburn's ranking. But I've always been this way. I'm going to nitpick and look at these things because they do matter to something. To some degree, these numbers do matter. I mean, if you're number one, that matters. If you're number nothing, that matters. You want to be you want to be as high as possible. I'm an Auburn fan. Take the homer out of it. I want to be Auburn ranked as high as possible, regardless of what it is. I said today earlier on Twitter, if there's if a random kid is scribbling a ranking of college basketball teams on the back of a building in Montana. I want him to have Auburn high. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it matters. I'm not really complain I'm not really worried about it. I just I want to know people's thought processes around things that don't really make sense, especially when you go and look at all the numbers we just looked at. So Yeah, that Mon- that Montana thing, I'm pretty sure Alabama's won a national championship that way. So <laughs> that's, it does matter to some degree. That that is a very good point. You know, somebody said it somewhere, so we're a national champion. Um all right. Uh I think we've yelled enough about AP poll, but just to recap, signing day, by the numbers, you might be worried. It I wouldn't be worried at all. If we got a great class, we filled holes. It's the highest we've ever been in the SEC since Malzahn's been here. Um, being ranked a little bit lower nationally. I don't care if Miami or Penn State got some better players than us. It won't matter. It, they they won't pan out like they do in the SEC. That, it, that sounds very Bammerish, but that's true. Um, Auburn went 1-1 one one last week in basketball. It didn't hurt in the seedings at all. It hurt them in the polls. That's stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, we've got Kentucky this week and on Valentine's night. And I'm kind of looking forward to it just being another game like, I don't know, beating maybe like maybe a team better than barely better than Georgia at this point. Just a team that's that's there. They've got some talent. They could be good, but Auburn is better. Auburn is hotter. Auburn is is playing better. So Yeah, it's weird that Auburn should win this game. Yeah, exactly. You know, talking about playing Kentucky, you know, it's it's a disappointing game if Auburn loses. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, just real quick, we want to preview that game. Auburn mostly handled Vandy. They kind of made some runs. And just before that game, Vandy led Kentucky most of the game, kind of fell apart right at the end, let Kentucky get three or four easy points with like four seconds left and went to overtime and, and barely lost there. So if you look at, at, at teams that Auburn has played and beaten, Vandy struggled with them. Missouri beat Kentucky. Auburn beat Missouri in Missouri by 17 points or something like that. Um, so, yes, this this would be a game where, uh, and I'm trying to look up the line, um, surely Auburn is favored by a little bit. 
you got to, you know, Vegas, they might know something. I don't know. But it will kind of hurt if Auburn doesn't win this game. Uh, just because it's Kentucky and you've got your shot to do it. Now, when Auburn beat Kentucky a few years ago, they Kentucky wasn't the Kentucky at that time that that they should have, you know, that they normally were. But when, you know, Horace oh, yeah. Spencer and I think uh, Bryce Brown was a freshman, uh, me on Bowers. It was just a. It was just a good game. I mean, it, it, everything fell Auburn's way that time, and yeah. I kind of feel like Auburn. Good. Auburn. Auburn had no business winning that game, but then they came out on top, and it was electric. Yeah. And you know, this time it's it's a completely different dynamic, and you know, it's going to be exciting. Uh, whatever the matchup predictor means on ESPN, Auburn's at seventy eight point one percent chance to win. Wow. Which. You know, they're outscoring Kentucky points per game, 85.5 for Auburn, 76 for Kentucky. Uh, points against, 70.5 for Kentucky, 72.4 for Auburn. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting, you know, how, how Bruce has his team playing together against a team full of individuals against a bunch of freshmen that play for one year in college and then go pro. Right. Right. The only thing that does worry me is that this would they have lost three in a row, and that's the first time that's ever happened under Calipari. Um, so it kind of scares me that you know they're not going to play, they're not going to lose their fourth in a row. That said, the the game before this three game streak was Vandy, and they should have lost that game. So that would have already been four in a row. Um, right. But I mean, it was kind of cool to see to hear him say, "We've got to go down and play the best team in the SEC this week." So, hearing that from a guy who's won some national championships is pretty good. And that's that's another thing: the best team in the SEC is an, is a bit of an understatement because it's the best SEC, you know, conference-wise, top to bottom. It's the best the SEC has been in, you know, fifteen years, at least. Well, that's I meant to say that earlier with Ohio State. They're in first in the in the Big Ten. They're ranked six behind Michigan State, which that's dumb. But it seems like they're jumping up this that much this week because they're going. Oh well, we've got the best team in the Big Ten. They've got to be in the top ten. Well, you've got Auburn, who's the best team in the SEC, who is easily top two conference this year, or in terms of depth and talent. But you've got them at ten. You think the best team in one of the best conferences is the tenth best team? But anyway, we've already determined that polls are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Josh Dub can disagree, but that's on him. <laughs> he he's probably got to he's, yes. he's probably going to take some blood pressure medication after listening to this. But <laughs> we love Josh. He has great stats. We said this last week um, or two weeks ago. All right, I think I've ranted enough. I don't. I'm I'm happy with where we are. We've got Kentucky. We've got South Carolina. Then we have Alabama. Hopefully, we'll do another podcast before that one. Um, I did see ESPN picked us to win that game more than any other game on the rest of our schedule, which is cool to see, but uh, we'll see. But Auburn Einstein, thank you again for joining. Thanks for the stats. Thanks for the blind resume. That was fun. Uh, any other thoughts? Just War Eagle. That's it. War Eagle. All right. Well, again, thanks for listening to the now 10th episode of the warbloggle.com podcast. Remember I said at the beginning of the year I wanted to do one per week. Well, I've done two in, what, the first six weeks of the year. So I'm almost there. 
we'll get to it hopefully next week we will have AUPPL I shouldn't be saying this because I haven't gotten this I haven't gotten confirmation from him but Auburn baseball will have played three games by the next time we have a podcast so hopefully we can talk about three Auburn baseball wins Auburn Einstein thank you again and War Eagle